All right, everybody, welcome to the Juhu Roadshow podcast. This is your host, Justin Hunt. We are in the uh, Four Corners area of America. We have a very, very special guest. I can't tell you how excited I am to talk to this gentleman, uh, Tim Cox. Uh, we're going to talk about art. We're going to talk about... Uh, um, we're going to talk about technology. We're going to talk about Buffalo and we're going to do all that in just a minute. But first, Lance, lay the music down, buddy. Okay. Welcome back to the, uh, to the Juhu Roadshow podcast. Lance, thanks for the music. Uh, today I'm with a, uh, a gentleman who, um, I'm so excited to visit with because he's probably, the most talented artist I've ever had the opportunity to meet in person and uh, one of the most talented artists I've ever seen as far as uh, just all-around ability I mean he's he's and and the great part about it is he lives it as well um, so Tim Cox thanks for being on the show with us I'm so excited to have you well thank you Justin I'm uh, excited to be here and excited of all the possibilities and uh, looking forward to it yeah we're gonna introduce a lot of people to uh, to you and what you do and I'll tell you what before we even start what I want you guys to do is I want you to go to timcox.com and look at some of his artwork while we talk about it. That way you kind of have a visual. That's the only thing about this podcast is you can't, you can't really see anything. Um, but you, you'll want to after, after we talk. So it's timcox.com, um, and that way you can look at some of this artwork um, while we're talking. Um, Tim, first thing I want to get into is we would categorize your art as, as Western realism. Is that kind of what you say? That's correct. It's, I always took pride in getting everything as realistic as possible and not just the details but making it look like you're there yeah now you started painting 70 75 as a professional in 75 i'm going on 42 year well this is my 42nd year i'll be going 43 years as a professional starting out in the galleries when i was 17. wow now where are you from originally I'm from, Dunk, uh, I was raised in Duncan, Arizona, and born in Safford, Arizona, and my family were, I'm a fourth generation Arizonan, and on my dad's side, they settled Douglas, Arizona area, and my mom's side settled around Safford and come down to Santa Fe Trail as pioneers, both sides. So, Arizona beginning, and then, when did you make the move to New Mexico? Um... I forget the exact year. It was either 96 or 97. Uh, our kids went to a one-room school in Arizona, and we had to uh, find a place to take them to high school. Once they got through eighth grade, there was no high school unless we moved to town or broke up the family. So uh, we were on our way to Cheyenne Frontier Days to an art show and stopped by to see Susie's mom and dad that live in this area. And they had a realtor friend, and we were able to get moved in this place in just a couple of weeks and solved our problems. And we've been here ever since. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, at what point did you, did you realize that, okay, number one, painting is what I want to do. But number two, painting, um, you know, the Western landscape and, and livestock and, and, you know, cowboy action is, is what I want to do. Uh, there was every... I don't think there was ever an actual conscious decision to do because it was something I always did. My earliest memories were doing horses and cows and bucking bulls and farm life and everything. My mom would give me paper to write on and kept me in academy uh, sketch pads and uh, <laughs> big awesome. chief sketch pads and 
all through school, the whole community of Duncan uh, just made special programs for me every year. And my kindergarten teacher pulled my mom and dad in when I was in kindergarten and told them they needed to get me lessons all the way back then. So there was right off the get-go, there yes. was, a, there was an, a, an ability that a lot of people could see. I, I assume that's what it was because um, my eighth grade teacher bought my first painting that I did when I was in eighth grade and then the students in school started buying them and uh, people that worked for my dad and the community and um, so then it just grew out of that and I got married to Susie when I was 17 and she gave me a, as a wedding gift my uh, art instruction class in Rio Dosa for a week and we went there and they had a instructor there named Frederick Tabas that was quite famous and he was more abstract but kind of realism it was kind of in between style that was quite famous and all the students before he got there told me well he's not going to like your stuff it's you're too realistic and it's western and he come in and I was painting on a horse and he come in and he says, your horse is more horsey than the horse. <laughs> <laughs> and by the end of the show, by the end of the class, um, the, which lasted about a week, um, I think everybody in the class was commissioned me to do artwork for him. And so it just rolled from there. Well, you know, I was going to ask you, you know, what's that, what's that like to realize you have that talent? But I don't think you really know what it's like to not have it. I mean, because I mean, a lot of people have an epiphany or they have this moment in their life when they realize, oh, wow, I, I, I have this ability. But I mean, it sounds like you've kind of just had it the entire time. It was never um, a decision, like I say, that made it was I never thought I couldn't make it. And we went through a lot of tough times and uh, lived in old cow camps and without electricity and painted with Coleman lanterns behind my beside my head and um, lived in old barns and everything else just to keep going but we never thought we couldn't make it we were always going to make it and we just persevered through the years and and it's become uh, where it's been really good for us but I mean you you knew from the get-go this is and, and it wasn't just oh I have this talent I might as well use it I mean you had a passion from the beginning to yeah, do this I did and it was um, something that was just me that's what I had to do there was no other thing other than the cowboy life that I loved as much and so I was able to marry the passion of the two and into one thing and I think I've always been blessed in knowing that because I see people struggle not knowing what they want to do and mm. I, and with me it was never never a struggle never even a conscious choice it just it was me yeah well, we're talking to Tim Cox, who is a, a Western artist, and I want you guys to look at his work while, while we're uh, talking, if you can, timcox.com. Um, I want to rattle off a sponsor or two here, Tim, and I got, I've got another question for you. But, uh, you know, one of our sponsors is Stay Safe Security Supplies, and, of course, we're all looking for ways to protect ourselves from harm and theft and things like that uh, without having to uh, resort to lethal force. So check out Stay Safe Security Supplies. They can help you with that stuff. It's Stay Safe Security Supplies. Dot com. Um, you can also track them down on Facebook, David Baxter, uh, great guy there. Um, and then another one we want to tell you about, of course, is if you are in this part of the world, we're up in the Four Corners area of America, uh, check in with uh, Integrity Real Estate to uh, buy or sell your home because with Integrity, your property is their priority. That's IntegrityRealEstateFarmington.com. So, uh, okay, so you got done with school and uh, 
then what did you did you did you go to art school after high school did you go to college I mean what was the next step for you well um, I started painting right away and we were taking care of my wife's uh, place while they were boomed out at a job in Douglas and the neighbors were selling a horse to a famous sculptor in the cowboy artist America named Grant Speed and and the neighbors told him hey my neighbor's an artist you ought to come over and see his stuff so Grant come over and saw my artwork and he said you need to bring it down to Scottsdale so I can show it to the some of the galleries down there and he the first gallery he took me to they accepted me into that gallery when i was 17 and wow so it's awesome i did that and then i uh was invited a li- little bit later on a couple of years later to go to a special figure drawing class in utah that they handpicked five students from all over the world there's a guy from south africa and and I forget where they all were from, but there were five of us, and we drew from a live model uh, five days a week. So you were one of the five guys in the world that they chose for this yes. class. Yes, and uh, <laughs> that's I, amazing. <laughs> that's like awesome. I, I've been lucky. don't be so humble, blessed. man. That's amazing. That's, <laughs> well, that's, that's a great thing about Tim. Is I mean, he's probably I mean, he's the most talented person I've ever met when it comes to painting, and he's the most humble guy as well. Now we're sitting in we're sitting in in your studios here in New Mexico, and, and I mean there are thousands and thousands of brushes and sketches and all this stuff kind of sitting around. I mean, it's really cool to be here, but when you know. Obviously, there are different types of artists. You know, we were talking about uh, Matt Oliphant, who's going to be on the show in a few weeks. And, you know, his style is kind of graffiti and, and you know, um, multimedia, I guess you could call it. Um, and then you've got people that are abstract. How, how do you have such an attention to detail and an ability to, to create such detail? I mean, it's 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 I mean, uh, let me tell you something exciting for you. I gave my I gave a, a painting of yours to a print of yours to my father-in-law in South Africa and he thought it was a photo he didn't believe me I'm like I promise you it's a painting he's like no it's a photo I'm like I promise you I know the guy it's a painting yeah. and I mean it's so realistic how do you how do you catch all those details I mean when you go out and you see something how does your brain process what do you do you break it down there's it's a combination of a lot of things. The reason I paint the details is because of my passion also for the cowboy and that details are very important to that lifestyle, just like your dad with the racehorses and noticing the way a horse moves and those little things that most people don't see. It, it's the difference between being profitable and not profitable and living and not living and surviving and so that's why I like to paint the details, but the process is a one that I've developed through the years. I take thousands of photographs, but there's no photograph like I take. I'll take a rock out of one. I'll take a bush out of another part of a saddle, a part of a pair of leggings on the, of the shafts or, or a part of a horse on another, the color on another, and, and but those details, and then I guess or a, not a very good way to say it but i photoshop it in my own mind and yeah no that's it, perfect i it, totally understand what you're and saying so i and i don't even know how to use 
Photoshop or anything like that, and I'm a terrible photographer. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> if it so gets I, the job done, right? I, I then I compose it all the way I want it, and a lot of times it takes me years to come up with the exact. I'll be working on an idea in my mind for years at a time, and that's kind of normal actually. Yeah. And uh, then I'll work on it, and it I probably spend twelve uh, to sixteen hours a day, seven days a week working on it except when i'm not getting research so once you once you decide to go with something and you dive in on it that that's it yes i i only work on one at a time because i become so uh, enthralled in it and obsessed by it that i i can't leave it and i've got to work it out and um, my wife Susie, she gets aggravated at me when i she has a chair here in the studio because i spend so many hours so she comes out here and watches the television while I'm working, and yeah. she'll hear me scraping the canvas off, and she'll because <laughs> that it may have been two weeks' work that I just scraped off because I didn't me. like it. And you'll 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 put that much into something, and if it's not there, it, that's fascinating because I, I tell you it's it's interesting, and, and I, obviously we do different things, but we kind of do the same thing in a sense because like I look at things and. I, I can see the mo- I can see a movie or, or a scene in my head. And sometimes I can't even verbalize it to somebody else. And sometimes when I'm trying to write it out, it doesn't come out right. But in my head, it's already done. I see it. I, I, can, I can see the dialogue. I can see what the shot looks like, the color, the sound, everything. But I can't verbalize it all the time yes. or I can't write it down. But I, I see what I, I see. What I see yes. And other people can't always see that. Yeah. And I did that with... Um, with absent it's a documentary i did about absent fathers you know it takes a long time to to edit a film and i had uh 45 minutes of this movie edited and i woke up one day and i was trying to get into it and i just couldn't get into it and i realized it's because i'm not happy with it and i just started over yeah and that was probably six months worth of work and so you'll do the same thing if you're you're painting a a a subject or something and you're it's not where you want it you'll just scrape it off yes and for my abilities and my knowledge at that time, it's got to be the way I want it. I, there's a lot of things that I've done in the past that I wish I would have done something with, but I didn't know better at that time, and I've become right. more more perfectionist now and and less satisfied with what I do. Do, do. do you do that? Because I do that with like my first film. I look back. Do you look at film, that old paintings and go, God dang it, I could have done so much oh, better with that. Yes, the, <laughs> and the bad thing of all those people buying when I was in eighth, <laughs> eighth grade through high school, <laughs> those are some bad ghosts there. <laughs> That's funny. So so when you, when you walk out, and I mean, because I can, like, watching movies, I mean, Lance, I, it's funny because I see it in my son, too. He starts breaking down movies. I mean, he can see this or see that, you know, that was a mistake, or I see how they... I can't watch a movie like a normal person watches a movie. So when you go out or you're riding, you're riding, you know, out on your horse or you're driving or you're doing whatever it is you're doing, are you constantly kind of breaking things down, dissecting them, and or, or at least, you know, taking note? Because there are elements of your paintings that are... They're, they're almost uh, they're almost unhuman how good they are shadows dust water your clouds i mean they're unbelievable so do you look at those things and and break them down how do you get so good at those details thank you um i think through a lot of experience but it's almost a subconscious deal for me when i'm working that i where i get into it it's you get into that 
what I've heard people speak of is the zone and everything else goes away. And it's always been my escape from everything is to get into my art and that world. And when I'm out there, I'm always looking at light, the way it hits, the way uh, the dust reacts and creates effects on things. This, even the color of the, the sun at a certain time of day, like in the midday, that's more of a yellow light that controls everything that you do in that painting or late evening like a red orange so then you, you i break that down to the color wheel in my mind mm. that uh, i use those colors how would i make those colors and how would it keep it all in harmony and make it work and catalog that away in my mind yeah. for future reference so how much how much of that that let's say the color knowledge how much of that did you study and go to school for and how much of that is just instinctual ability well it's a been an amazing journey on that i started out with more of what they called the old master's palette and then it evolved and when i got into the cowboy artists america a very dear friend of mine bill on and i got to visiting about color and we got to talking about the color wheel and he uh first told me tim paint everything in the primary color so i did for about two years and then he shared with me a little more and so I went into the the complementaries and the split complementaries now I'm into the tetrad scheme on the color wheel and so that's evolved but Bill uh, took his from a famous artist uh, that painted a lot of calendars for Brown and Bigelow and was a, also a cowboy artist American Tom Ryan and he made it his and I've made Bill's mine and Tom Ryan got his from an old illustrator named Frank Riley. So uh, we've all made our, our own color. And I enjoy sharing that with young artists today because your colors are, stay in harmony a lot more by doing it with the spectrum of light, which is broke down into a scientific way also. Yeah, there's a, there's a, lot, of, there's a lot of education in that. I mean, you're not just throwing colors up there. You, I mean... You, there's some 50 cent words in that <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. it's pretty fascinating uh, um lance and i were were looking at some uh, some paintings uh in preparation for this and there are there are uh, there are too many um to really name um again everybody it's timcox.com so check that out but there's one that i'd never seen before and i looked at a lot of your stuff and the, i'd never seen it before and i'm sorry the title's not coming to me right now because i was trying to memorize all of them but it's uh, it's almost got this like this greenish hue to it. It's it's it looks like it's at uh, dusk after after dusk, the sun has gone down. There's a couple of horses standing there, but it almost looks green. It's that that light just before it gets dark. Yes, and and that's probably uh, the reason because it is just after dark, and I did that painting when we were moving about three thousand head of yearlings up in Wyoming to summer pasture and um, when I did that I wanted to do something and the reason that that bluish green in there is the complementary of red orange that I was talking about later so the okay. back side of that would be your bluish green well I just I, I mean when you do something like that I mean you know we're so used to digital photos and art like that and you can just swipe your finger and you've got a filter like that on a on a on a photo but I mean you had to change the entire color scheme of everything to make I mean you don't usually paint green horses no. but you had to I mean that's amazing to me how you could come up with that color and that's what that like a, talking about the color of 
time of day that that time of day everything is affected by that blue green light so you can go at and that's what we call bill and i call the mother color which is the color that affects everything in there and is bathed in that light just like midday is more of a yellow light and so uh and late afternoons a yellow orange i mean mid-afternoon or whatever is a yellow orange so if you cue your painting to those colors and then go to the color wheel which got basically memorized now you know what to paint to make the grays to make it look the color you want to do yeah well i just i mean there's so many there's so many examples of that that we could give like you know um here's a compliment for you there's there's a piece of art in the louvre in paris that uh it's a it's a it's a sculpture right it's a stone sculpture and i mean it's it's a stone but it it looks like there is a veil on this woman's face yes it's super thin yes that's there's a painting of yours that i was looking at today uh that reminded me of that piece in the louvre and it's these two it's these two cowboys riding along and and uh you created such a great depth of field because it's mostly dust like they're in the foreground and it's mostly dust in the background yes and it's like you know you forget that this is you know this is a two-dimensional thing that you're creating but it it looks so three-dimensional and that, that dust reminded me of how thin that veil that veil is made of stone <laughs> and it's like yes. but you made that gentleman the the sculptor made it look like it was paper thin and the uh, the way that you could create that dust oh, in a two-dimensional you. space and then the depth of field you know the cowboys are, are are in you know i guess we're talking about painting not not uh, film or camera stuff, but the the foreground is in focus and everything else has that, you know, kind of Gaussian blur going on. It's just amazing that you can create that depth and that veil of of, of dust. I mean, it's it's really, it's it's unbelievable. Well, thank you. Thank um, you. I'm going to throw another sponsor out here real quick. Be the Change Global Wellness is an EMDR therapy and trauma specialist, uh, and they are, uh, they're trying to help out Puerto Rico, and they need your help. Um, to, to do that. So if you'd like to partner with them, uh, give a one-time gift or create a partnership with Be The Change Global Wellness, you can go to bethechangeglobalwellness.com. And of course, we want to remind everybody of Apex Tactical Resources. They are your source for firearms, tactical hunting, and survival gear. That's apextacticalresources.com. Uh, Randy Shaw, he'll take good care of you. Um, so for me, when, when I'm creating a film, uh, you know, like this this latest documentary, for example, I had 600 pages of transcripts. Wow. I mean, you look at that, and I mean, there's so many there's so many opportunities and different directions you could go. But I start with an outline, and and you know, then you start breaking down the the scenes, and but it starts with an outline. So you don't just come in here and start throwing paint on a canvas. What's your what's your process? Do you well, do you sketch first? I mean, what's your process? My first process is a concept of what. I want to say in the painting and um, and that can be done through line that can be done through color through uh, values which are your darks and lights and a lot of things can help tell a story and there was an old book that uh, was shared with me from uh, another cowboy artist America Gordon Snydo about the old illustrators and Snydo that remind that brings something to mind. What did, what did Snydo work on that he, he was so famous for? He was uh, probably in his Western paintings was the Coors series that he did the 
cowboy on the fence with the yeah. can of Coors. I knew I knew that. And I remember that. Okay. He lives down at uh, Rio Dosa, and he took me into his uh, home. Well, uh, let me stay in his guest home with my newborn son and Susie for a whole winter and mentored me back in my early years, too. Wow. So That's awesome. Anyways, I'm sorry. So, But anyway, you have all those uh, things that you can use to tell that story and help create that mood. Yeah, maybe somebody, I don't know that you've studied him much, but Alfred Hitchcock and how his dramatic lighting oh, yeah. and how he did things. Yeah. And by setting a mood that way and those lines and those angles and everything that you look at something for. Spielberg and so, is much the same. Yes. Yeah. And so it's, it's a lot the same in movies. I, what, when I see movies, I, I'm always amazed at how artistic a well done movie can be. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, but you come in and, and so you, you've, you've kind of got, uh, uh, well, you've got a strong idea of what the subject's going to be for this film or for this, for this painting. And then do you start with, with a sketch? Do you start, I mean, a lot of times I start with a, what call a tissue sketch where that way I can make just rough, uh, exploratory line, drawings to get a concept in and then I will go out and I'm out there you know looking at things that will help me tell this story and that will fit into this and when I get all that information in my mind I come in and I pretty much have the idea of what I want and it changes somewhat as I start putting the paint and color down because everything has a relationship and when you put something down it changes something else just by its relationship and especially in color and so but basically i've at this point in my career i've got it all in mind and i sketch it out with a pencil on a, used to be a gesso pa panel uh, but now i'm experimenting with some canvas and stretch canvas and different uh, things to paint on and but and then from there i go to blocking it in and just kind of roughing it in more of an impressionistic painting and then i'll come back and do what i call the polishing stage mm. where i really go in and put all the detail and and finish it out and that's uh, probably the most difficult and the most time consuming is that part of it because if it's not right the worst detail that there is is if you don't get it right it, because you people can no longer assume that like an impressionistic painting line was put down in a hurry and so it's more of an expression this is more literal so it has to be correct gotcha okay so these paintings i mean they these these are all characters these are these are people that have like do you look when you when you're working on a piece i mean does this you know this guy do they do they have personalities to you do the, does the animal have a personality does the cowboy have a personality i mean there's a lot of emotion in your paintings um you know like you know the the first date painting you know at the at the water hole and or or you know the the ones where you i think jake is a, is a subject of a few of your paintings and or and callie's in there yeah. and but i mean do these do these characters do they kind of come to life to, for you or yes and i always use real cowboys in my paintings and that's part of the authenticity too i i want somebody in there that i've known and that i uh know personally and like the date night 
painting that you're talking about that's my son-in-law Callan um, I did that painting this year uh, after about four years of their marriage the I did one of my son and daughter-in-law when they first got married called as good as it gets so I I uh, wanted to do one of my daughter and son-in-law and so I did that one there and their whole life's around horses and the western lifestyle and and being out in the the country and uh, working that way and so I, that's what I wanted to say about them well it's just you know you look at some of these pieces that you've done and I mean I mean it's it's like these people have been brought to life I mean you can you can feel emotion coming off of them you can feel you know sometimes there's there's you know there's a piece where you can feel the the cowboy trying to connect with the horse or or you can feel you know the camaraderie between a couple of guys talking or or you can feel the urgency with the storm in the background and I mean it just seems like that 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 uh, that passion is kind of being transferred into those characters, and I saw. I wondered, you know, do they have a personality to you when you're painting them? Because, you know, it's the same for me when you you edit the same person over and over and over. They be, you become attached to them in a weird way. Yes. Do you kind of do you deal with that too? I mean, if you're spending that much time painting uh, a character, do they do they have a personality? Do oh. you get attached to them? Oh yeah, I think about that all the time while I'm painting them who they are and and what uh i know of them and want to portray them in the best light possible that i can for them and uh to do them honor when they're in one of my paintings and they i get to know them a lot more and, and it etches it in my mind for years and years to come i remember horses and dogs and people that normally I wouldn't because <laughs> yeah. they were in my painting because I got to know them through my painting. Well, you can't spend that much time with somebody or something and not get attached to it. That's for sure. <laughs> I mean, I, I know exactly what you mean because I, I mean, I don't, I know that it's different, but the more we talk about it, it's not be, because, you know, even my process is much the same. You know, I look at, I look at editing a film like, like sculpting and I've got a block of clay the size of this room and I have to sculpt a spoon. You know what I mean? And yeah. so you, you, you kind of, you know, I go through and you lay down that first pass, which is let's just get the, the let's get the voices, you know, these interviews on. Uh, I'm talking about the documentaries. Let's get these interviews on 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 the timeline. We call it a timeline, which would be your canvas. Um, you know, you've got your audio and video files. Let's get these sound bites on the timeline and then let's come back through and let's see, you know, um, how are we going to fill those gaps uh, when you when you do a documentary for example the interviews are like the bricks and and then the the narration is like the mortar that holds those interviews together so let's lay that down and then you come back and okay we're going to add some sound design and some sound effects and then we're going to add music and you just keep polishing 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 um and yet at the same time it feels like it's never done do you i mean have you have you finished a, is there a painting that you finished and said i couldn't be any better than it is right here no, I always feel like yeah. I could have made something better on it. I get frustrated. Uh, one that comes to mind was a painting called uh, Lot Like Heaven. And I worked and worked on that. And when I got done with it, I couldn't stand to look at it. I, and, I, uh, and it became one of our most popular paintings. And it's of my son-in-law, Justin. And it took me forever to do. And it wasn't that large a painting. But... Uh, 
it was it's one of our most popular paintings and everybody just oohed and awed over it when it was done but i i had literally turned to the wall because i couldn't look at it anymore because <laughs> i was so frustrated because i could see all my struggles and but i guess i should look at the conquest in there too probably a little bit but uh, is it the, it's the it's the one with the uh the sun going down this this yeah, one right it's here coming okay yeah. you guys got to check this out timcox.com uh, the the painting is called a lot like heaven um i love you tim but you're crazy if you think <laughs> if you're turning your back to this painting i mean this is an absolutely gorgeous piece of art man but i i i, I can i can tell you i can i can relate wholeheartedly i don't know that there's i've done five films now i don't know that there's one that i'm like that's perfect um and i think if we ever reach that that part we're done (laughs) that part of the fun of it is the the learning and growing yeah yeah the growth of it all yeah i would i would i would agree to me the most important thing is that the one i've just done is better than the one before yes definitely so have you have you ventured outside of of this genre of of painting I've done a few wildlife paintings early on, um, very early on, and I have incorporated some wildlife into them, and I want to do more of that because growing up, I always enjoyed getting outdoors and and, uh, the dates with Susie, my wife, and I, we'd go out on dates that we would go out and ride or hunt and fish and go, we very seldom went to a movie, it was always (laughs) riding and out in the country and enjoying what we have a passion for. Yeah. Well, that brings up a good point too, because, you know, we said earlier in the show that, that you, that you live it as well. Um, you do, I mean, you're, you're on horseback a lot. You, you, I mean, you've got a big, a big piece of land out here, but you also, you said you go down to Tucumcari during the year. Yes. I mean, and you're running cattle, right? Yes. I mean, you're living this stuff. Is it, it does that, kind of keep the passion going what what's the value in that for you other than you know what you're literally getting out of it as far as your art is concerned what's the value in doing that I think they're so interwoven it's hard for me to separate them because without one I can't have the other I, I early on in my career I was in an art show and they wanted us all to go over to Europe to show that we could paint well to me that was like being an illustrator to me painting in an artist you paint what you love and it's your emotions and these are my emotions that I'm putting on the painting and my story Hmm. my life that I'm sharing with people and um, you know I don't feel that I could do justice to boats in a harbor because I don't know enough about them that's why i haven't taken up painting native you don't feel the the air from the from the sea and the smell of the salt water and the sound of the bird yeah i get that i can get that yeah and so that and that's kind of neat about art is that you know a a common denominator is art is that it's an expression of the artist's emotions and you have to feel that to be able to express it yes and i i think that's what I speak about a lot is authenticity and passion and you have to have those to create true art and hopefully somebody can relate to it when you put that down and and appreciates it so but I would imagine that uh, I mean a lot of people do a lot of people try to commission you from outside of that genre say hey you're so good can you can you paint this and you just say I, I'm sorry I can't yes we get that quite regularly people wanting us to me to paint different things for them and I just, that's not me. I, I wouldn't do it justice, I don't feel. Yeah. So do you have 
Do you have a favorite painting of yours? They're like your kids, you know. And a fun one that I did that uh, just because I got to work with other people on it is Trading Treasures. And it, with the Cowboy Artists America show in Oklahoma City every fall, uh, we have a show in conjunction with the TCA, the Traditional Cowboy Artists of America. And, and I got to work with several guys from that organization on mine and it's a bunch of uh, crafts uh, cowboys trading their bits and spurs and I went back and looked up some of their famous pieces a hummingbird piece by Ernie Morris and there's a braider Pablo Lonzo from Argentina and there's uh, uh, a silversmith from Canada uh, Scott Hardy and uh, leather uh, artist in Kerry Swartz and a metal artist in Wilson Capron and and so the fun concept of it was not only all the the little details I got to put in but in the photographs of it don't show but I had um, the their actual tooling and scrolling on the the head stalls <laughs> and the actual weaving on the braiding and and the the bits with a hummingbird on it and they actually made me get an optivizer to be able to paint the detail on that in a brush with about two hairs in it and <laughs> <laughs> it took forever but the concept that i liked was working with them because then i had them make a i had a frame made and i had carrie swartz do the uh swartz do the leather tooling for the uh fill it around the inside and then wilson capron did the corner cartouches on the frame and Scott Hardy did the um, name tag out of uh, sterling silver. So you just brought everybody back yeah, together. So the obviously. whole story was continued outside the frame to give it an example of what their craftsmanship was in the painting. Well, I'm looking at this thing right now. It's uh, Tim, go to timcox.com. It's called trading treasures. And uh, you know, and you know, maybe it's harder for people. Um, let me rephrase that. Maybe it's, easier for me to appreciate it because I grew up in this landscape that's that's in this thing but you know you've, you've got the bluffs back there I mean it, it there's so much detail in this I mean this the trying to trying to put something like this on canvas with the you know the shadows and the wrinkles and the shirts and the leaves and I mean because you've got leaves upturned at all kinds of different angles and everything and you know the the bark on the cottonwood I mean it's just unbelievable Tim I mean, it's amazing I, I enjoy doing that just like the light shining through the backs of leaves on some of them crest and shadows on the other and the barks bark on the tree and and all of that and not just the detail in the bits and spurs but you know that stuff tells part of the story the time of year the yeah. the struggle that that tree has been through through the years in this <laughs> environment to be able to make it in this environment yeah and it just all had a story to me that fit together that and as cowboys, a lot of times uh, we get together and we trade our, our treasures with one another that we have our war bag, we get it out and, and we share it with others. Some, we just drag it over them to make them envious. Another, <laughs> 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 we trade up or trade down or whatever we need to do. So what's it, what's it like for you to, to be around um, these other artists where you know, one might be a silversmith or a leathersmith or one might be a sculptor or or whatever. But to, to be around these artists that you have so much respect for because of their craft 
and they have the same respect for you. I think it's a shared passion. When you have a passion for something, I just, that's one of my favorite things to find is people with passion that they, they will do whatever it takes to get it done and to do the best job they can at it to create whatever they're wanting to create, whether it's a, a story that they write on paper and print into an article or a book or a photograph or like you with your documentaries and your stories and uh, things that you do it's having that passion and I think we all appreciate that in one another because once you've experienced it you appreciate seeing it in other people yeah no I agree with you um, let me throw this out really quickly we wanted to remind you guys about um, uh, Integrity Real Estate, if you're in the Four Corners area of America, uh, which is a beautiful place, and if you don't believe me, go to TimCox.com and look at some of the paintings because they're from this part of the world, and it's a beautiful part of the world, but Integrity is the place to go uh, to buy or sell your home with Integrity. Your property is their priority. Uh, check them out at IntegrityRealEstateFarmington.com. So uh, who are some of the people that inspired you? And, and um, I already know the answer, but I'm going to ask it. I mean, are you past the point of inspiration? I mean, do you still get inspired by, by people? Oh, yes. And um, early on, it was probably the Charlie Russells and the Remingtons. Yeah, and the, and those, those are great, aren't they? Yes, those famous old masters like that. And my dad worked for the Arizona highway department and he'd bring home the Arizona highways magazine and they run and about that time uh, the cowboy artists were moving to phoenix arizona in 73 and so there was articles on them and one of my heroes through those years uh, was tom ryan but because of all the calendars and george fippen but also uh, bill owen that i got to know very well and um, I've been fortunate enough to inherit most of his studio equipment, and it's here in my studio, and hmm. plus his boots and hats and spurs. And <laughs> That's awesome. One of these days, there will be a museum come along that um, we'll go to. But What um, was the name? Bill Owen. So that, that piece right there, what's it say for? Hand-built for Bill Owen. Look yes. at that. That's awesome. That's his easel, and when <laughs> after he had passed and I was helping his – widow moved and i looked at it at the top it says cox on top of it too oh and, wow montgomery and, cox yes which was actually one of the makers but to see my last name up on there <laughs> with awesome. bill but he is the one that uh, has really inspired me and helped me to seek out and learn more about color also and and just his authenticity that he's had through the years and the subject matters that he has painted in the light that he used uh, in his paintings and both of us being from Arizona he was one of my early heroes and until and still remains so so this is a Bill Owen piece uh, that we're looking at here and but you can definitely see the, you can see the inspiration that you got from him uh, it's a great piece uh, that's the only bad thing about this being audio wise is that people can't see it but uh, check out Bill Owen um, that's it's so neat, though. I mean, that you that you have been inspired by these people, and then they have that mutual that mutual respect. I mean, that's that's got to make you that's got to make you feel pretty amazing. Yes, it does. And just being able to share that, and it there's young artists that I'm helping now with the color, and seeing their enthusiasm when you share something with them, and seeing their growth is so rewarding. And 
and talking to the TCA artist and seeing their passion and how they enjoy helping each other and helping each other grow and and creating that passion in young artists also. So 43 years of, of, of doing this and you know I love the mentoring part of it. I love that you're mentoring these these young painters, and it, it sounds to me like the future of this genre is in pretty good hands. But how do you still have the passion to do this after after 43 years? Like for like for me, I've been doing this a long time, and I, sometimes I, st- I can't sleep because I'm so excited to get up and, and work. I mean, I, I'll get up and go to work at 2 in the morning because I'm just so excited to get back to work. And you have to have that kind of passion. So how, after 43 years, do you still have that? I I would assume it's just because it's part of me and that's who I am. And that's what I love. That's the only thing I know. That's like breathing to me. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just natural. And I can't ever imagine not doing it, honestly, <laughs> whether I got paid or not. Luckily, we're able to survive and live and have a decent living with it and that's the rewards of it but uh, i i would do it whether i got paid or not what do you think you would what do you think you would do or you'd be doing if if you weren't painting has that ever crossed your mind the only thing i know if something happened that i couldn't actually paint would be the cowboy way of life and cowboying and working with horses and i've always had a love of horses and and training horses and uh, working with horses and my children have been able to be uh, fortunate enough to make their livings off of horses. My daughter's a horse trainer for us and she's trained for others and a cow girl. She was the only cow girl hired on the ranch in eastern New Mexico that was 104 years with the same family there. And she's the only girl that's ever been hired? Yes. Wow, that's pretty camp. cool. She went there breaking horses, and my son's an equine vet, and my wife was a world champion barrel racer, so it runs deep in all of our blood. So. Yeah. yeah, that reminds me um, of a funny story that, that we need to tell on here. Um, uh, Calla was, she made the National High School Finals Rodeo yes. in, in cutting, yes. right? Yes. And for those of you that don't know what a cutting horse is or what cutting the sport is, it's, it's actually very cool. It's, it's, it's like all other rodeo uh, events, it's based on, you know, actual things that happen out while you're, on the, while you're uh, taking care of livestock. You have to cut a, a certain cow out of the herd, then you, your horse has to keep them separated, and that's kind of where the sport of cutting comes, comes from. Yes. So... Um, I was working for NBC at the time and, and uh, um, came out to do a story on her because the rodeo was here and you guys were practicing. And so I come out here and I get here and there's a bunch, there's like a handful of buffalo out there. <laughs> and I'm wondering, okay, I thought we were doing, I thought cutting was with calves. I didn't know that we were, that we were doing buffalo. So I get here and there's these buffalo and um i learned something very valuable about why you use buffalo to practice cutting don't you tell people what that is well we use them as a training tool with the price of cattle and cattle get stale after a while where buffalo have a pattern and we use those particular buffalo i think for like six seven years that we could use them and and as a tool to help train our horses we had one that got a little ornery and so when i was 
uh, riding and schooling on the horses, I would have to carry a pitchfork across the saddle, and when it'd come charging at me, I'd <laughs> poke it right below the eyes with the pitchfork, kind of like <laughs> buffalo jousting, and then it would stay away, and we'd, it'd work good for a, a couple more weeks. But every once in a while, just and it didn't hurt it, it just startled it. So. Well, I'm going to use the terminology you used with about, oh, that was like 14 years ago. I'm going to tell them what you told me. You said, actually, buffalo aren't smart enough to catch on to what we're doing, so, <laughs> so we use buffalo because they're just too dumb to get it. <laughs> and ironically, that evening, I had my first pound of ground buffalo for dinner, which was pretty cool. Um, all right, let me throw this out here real quick. Apex Tactical Resources is your source for firearms, tactical hunting, and survival gear. Check them out at apextacticalresources.com. Okay, Tim, so um, it goes so fast when we're doing these things. Um, you, uh, how many paintings do you think you've done over the years? I don't know. I'm slowing down on my output, but because uh, it's just taking me longer to do them, I still work the same amount of time. I'm just more difficult to please. But, <laughs> For uh, yourself, right? <laughs> so I, I don't even know because I've been doing it so long, and I'm ashamed to say a lot of them, I'm forgetting their names. I guess it's old age. I don't know if it's <laughs> the, the amount that I've done. But, but you've done hundreds of paintings. Oh, yes, yes. So hundreds of paintings. Um, you your, your work has been on the cover of over 300 magazines. Um, I think one most notably is a piece of your art was chosen for the 75th anniversary cover of Western Horseman, which, you know, for those of you outside of the of of this world of 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 horse of horsemen and, and livestock, Western Horseman is probably one of the most respected magazines there is. Um, so that had to be a great honor. You've yeah. been given a ton of different awards. I mean, Hall of Fame type stuff. Um in retrospect, at, at least at this point, what are you the most proud of? My children, most uh, proud of them. And this don't fit into the art, but it touched me probably more than any other award. And it was the award I received from the New Mexico cattle growers for the person that helps the most. And it does go back to the art because it was keeping the West alive in my art and how I helped. And so they awarded me that. And that award really touched me as much as any award that I have ever gotten. Wow. Well, I mean, that's, it's unbelievable. Your, your talent is unbelievable. And, you know, and I'm thinking, you know, uh, what I do and some of the names that come to my mind, but when, when I say something like, you know, Charles, Charles Russell, uh, Frederick Remington, Bill Owen, and Tim Cox, do you feel like you fit in that line of names? Not yet. I, I, I don't ever really think of myself in those terms. I'm just living, just a normal guy living day to day and doing the best that I can do. And that's always what I've been. And um, I, that's for the future to judge, but and others not for me to think about. Well, you know, honestly, Tim, I think that's why so many people love and appreciate not only your work, but you is because you wouldn't say that. You wouldn't say that you belong in that line. But for the people that, that have eyes, <laughs> for people that have eyes and especially people who have ever been in this kind of environment or been around, you know, animals or been around this part of the country or the West, uh, I think you absolutely fit in that line, and I don't care if you yeah. like it or not. I'm going to throw it out there. You deserve <laughs> well, to be in you, that Justin. in those names. That's awful kind of you. Thank you. Well, it's it's uh, it, it's you know, 
as long as I can remember, I, I remember seeing your art and, and I've taken your art to other parts of the world and shared it with people and they're blown away by it. I'm, I almost got in an argument with my father-in-law because he wouldn't <laughs> believe me that it was a painting. I'm like, trust me, it's a painting. Um, it's just absolutely fantastic. I'm going to wrap this up, but I got to, I got to do one more of these because be the change global wellness is a sponsor. I want to tell everybody about them. Um, they consist of EMDR therapy and trauma specialists who help heal the mind, body, and spirit. This is very interesting, by the way. EMDR stands for eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. And it's a way to finish the processing at a cellular level. It's very cool. Anyways, they're, uh, they're jumping in to help uh, the, the people of Puerto Rico. They can't wait. Neither should we. So you can team up with them, donate monthly, uh, give a one-time gift, or create a partnership with them by visiting their website at bethechangeglobalwellness.com. Um, Tim, you know, one of the cool things about this podcast is I get to talk to all kinds of people. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Um, you know, I'm a huge fan of your artwork. I'm a proponent of your art. I tell people about it. Um, and, and, uh, uh, oh, you know what? It's nice too, because this, this show is airing on December the 1st, which means there's plenty of time before Christmas. If you want to get one of his pieces of art to put in your home or give us a gift, go to timcox.com and check that out. Let people know about it. And you don't have to be from the West to appreciate ability like that. So check out his artwork. Um, before we wrap this up, I, I think it's only fitting to ask you, I mean, uh, are you done uh, have you accomplished what you want to or, or I mean no not at all yet I haven't created that what I consider the masterpiece yet and really and I've got a lot of ideas in my mind and I keep wanting to get it done and uh, just keep growing and getting better uh, I've got a lot more to say and to do now is that something that that you think you know when when you when you finish that last brush stroke, do you think that it clicks in your mind that this is this is the one, or do you think that that's something that has to be told uh, not only through time but through others? Probably through time and others. But the neat thing about that is it keeps me going till the day I die, trying to get that one chasing that elusive <laughs> dream you, and almost getting there, just being right there in grass. Sometimes you touch it, but you don't quite catch it. Yeah. So do you, do you think, I mean, do you think you'll ever, I mean, being a perfectionist, do you think you'll, you'll ever create that or that you'll admit to yourself that this might be it? I haven't yet. Yeah. <laughs> well, what, what do you, what do you enjoy painting the most? I mean, there's so many elements to your, to your art, your artwork. There's, there, there is the landscape. There are the subjects. There are the elements. I mean, you, you've got the solid landscape. You've got the action. You've got the animals and then you've got the dust or the or the water or the clouds i mean the rain what what is your favorite thing to paint probably light and emotion uh, is my favorite thing as far as just a item i i enjoy painting clouds and water and reflections a lot so <laughs> you're damn good at it that's for sure <laughs> the, those are some of the things i really and plus the horse of course that goes without even saying the horse uh, Every painting since in the last 40 years, I could say, have had a horse in it. So maybe one or two, thinking back, but most of them have a horse. Well, your horses are, I mean, your horses really are, they're unbelievable. Um, one of these days, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to talk to you about painting, painting one with my dad on it. Have you, have, did that you would ever, be fun. I, I think so. And, you know, it's hard for me. I'll, I'll be honest, and he'll probably... 
it'll be embarrassed that I'm saying this, but it's hard for me to see. Um, and one of these days we'll have him on the show, but it's hard for me to see how things are shifting so much in horse racing and, 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 uh, the, the lack of, of respect that, uh, that he gets because people, he hasn't ridden for so long. You know, it was, it was his years as a jockey that, that made it, but he was so good at what he did. Yes. And I'll, I'll tell you a story that, um, that I think would make you appreciate how, how good he was at what he did. I, I asked him what perfection was on a horse. And he said that if, if it were possible, physically possible, you would have a piece of paper on your saddle and sit on it, but not wrinkle it. Yes. And I, I, I look at wind picture after wind picture after wind picture. Uh, and I, he's right. He's there. And it's unbelievable. And I, it's hard for me to see people not know how, how talented he, he was or what he used to be. And so I've thought about that for decades. I just haven't had the job to pay for it. Where I'd love <laughs> to have a painting of dad um, uh, because he was just so good at what he did. He really I, was. I remember him riding at San Juan Downs when we'd go to the races there at San Juan Downs and how talented he was. Yeah. But, uh, well, Tim, I mean, we're, we're so grateful to be here. I mean, it's cool to be in your studio. I'm, I'm glad Lance could be here to see this. And thanks for having us down and sharing all this with us. And, and uh, again, go to timcox.com so you can see some of the artwork. Um, we'll probably uh, keep bugging you about that masterpiece so we can come down and talk to you once <laughs> you paint it. <laughs> I'd, I'd love for you to be here when I do. Justin. Yeah, it's and, fantastic, man. Well, thank you so much. And I hope you and your family have a, a fantastic holiday season. You too, and it's been an honor and a privilege to be part of this and to get to visit with you again. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's good to see you, and, and we'll definitely do it again. So timcox.com, everybody. Tim, thanks so much. Uh, this is the Jew Who Roadshow podcast. Lance, lay it down, buddy. Lance.